Desert Island Books on NHR in association with NUH Library Services. Today on NHR, we're delighted to welcome Richard Holder, uh, who works at NUH. He's head of global health. Very warm welcome to you, Richard. Thank you. Great to have you uh, with us. Now, um, head of global health, could you tell us a little bit about uh, what that role entails? Um, well, I, it, it's a role which is primarily focused on um, knowledge and um, knowledge exchange with um, countries um, of low and middle income. And the idea around it is for us to help um, health system strengthening and support other organisations in their journey to provide excellent health care. As you're probably aware, there's lots of different variations of healthcare providers across the, across the globe, and we're very fortunate in the UK to be able to have such a um, complex and um, well-resourced health service. So, um, in comparison to third world and low-income countries, so uh, yeah, the, the work that we do is around supporting our staff with their professional development and personal development in exchange projects um, and partnering with a, a range of different organisations. Hopefully that's answered that Yeah, question. no, absolutely. And and how did you end up in that role then? What's your, well, what's, where did uh, you come from? I, I used to be a respiratory um, SGM, which is a, um, a specialist general manager. Um, and I've always had a, an interest in sort of um, philanthropic sort of global work. Um, my background is as a psychotherapist and I did a lot of work with people who were seeking refugee um, status within the UK so it just it, it came up during a conversation um, with one of the senior colleagues in the organization that they were um, working on developing um, a partnership um, I read the job spec and I thought it would yeah it was definitely something I wanted to do so I applied for it and I was very fortunate to get it um, I think you know one of the reasons I was lucky was that um, I really do enjoy building relationships and that's one of the fundamental elements of, of the work that I'm doing at the moment is building those relationships. Oh, great stuff. And uh, what about your own um, background? Do you, uh, do you do you sort of uh, hail from uh, Nottinghamshire? Or what's your sort of uh, what yeah, are your roots? Yeah, I, I was born in Nottingham, um, spent um, my early life in Nottingham um, and worked for M&S for a few years um, and then went to university in Leeds mm-hmm. um, and uh, stayed there um, for the last 20 years and then uh, had, uh, had my two sons in Leeds. Um, and then I think, as with everything, the pandemic sort of made us as a family think about where we wanted to be. So we decided um, to relocate to um, Nottingham. I think the boys wanted to be closer to their cousins, um, which, funny enough, they don't very see, see very often now. They've got their own network of friends and things and they're too busy for that. But um, it's nice to be closer to family, even if we don't see as much, as much of each other. But I think, yeah. Right. Okay, and uh, the the two boys uh, you're telling me off air that they're nine and thirteen. What what sort of things are they into? Well, I have one who's who's um, absolutely crazy about football and is in three football teams at the moment. Oh wow! Um, okay. So he's very very active in football. How does he follow um, anyone? He's a Liverpool supporter. Okay, um, as am I. Um, uh, we're, we're a Liverpool family, so we we support all of us support Liverpool, um, and that's my youngest son. And then my oldest son, he's a rugby fan and is an active player. Rugby, so he, he's in the beast and casual. So, wow. Um, so yeah, two very sporty boys, um, very interested in 
um, you know, the, the respective sports um, and obviously technology. Um, lots and lots of technology oh, now. Oh, gosh, um, yes. Oh, that, that's, that's another another interview completely. Yeah. But um, So, World Cup, have you been watching the Rugby World Cup? You watching po- bits of it. Um, I'm not that au fait with rugby, so I've had to um, sort of learn how to understand the game. Um, so, I've, I, I, yeah, I think we made an agreement. My partner would do the football and I'd do the rugby with, okay. with the older boy so um, I'm getting used to the to the rules um, I have watched a couple of matches of the World Cup but um, I, I'm becoming more and more interested in it as my as my older son starts do to. you have like a sporting interest generally have you in the past or have you played stuff um, I'm not particularly I think I just I, you know obviously like to keep healthy and keep fit so I go to the gym I love calisthenics so I do a lot of calisthenics in the gym um, that's my favourite thing to do um, which is all around body weight that's uh, body weight isn't it yeah, self supporting yeah, yeah. you don't need the extra weight yeah weight stuff. you know doing sort of flags and um, levers and muscle ups and all sorts of things like that where it, you, know, you just got to use your body weight to do that sort of stuff I, th- I think that's something that I, um, I'm not I haven't I, I'm one of those people who used to have a gym membership and never use it so I think the there are amazing potential uh, things around the home that you can use things yeah. like stairs as well yeah um, just to support yourself and, and to create your own uh, sort of resistance, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and what about other things outside work? Do you have any other passions or interests or are you creative? Or I, I'd say that I'd, I, um, I, I love to cook um, and um, I, I go through ebbs and flows with it, but I genuinely love to cook. I love to create um, different dishes. Um, I was brought up in a sort of Caribbean household and we never measured anything we just cooked and that was how you know yeah. we did my, my partner's Asian so um, we have a mixture our children have grown up eating lots of sort of Creole um, West Indian Indian food so they have wow. a, they have a quite a broad palette they're used to trying different things not always successfully but um, um but they, they you know it's yeah. put in front of them for them um great stuff now um as well as your your role as head of global health you're also in involved uh, in the bame network tell us a little bit about that yeah so i chair the bame network which is for um, our colleagues from a black, black and ethnic minorities and um, we have a range of different people as members or from all sorts of um, backgrounds and professional backgrounds all sorts of colours um, and the work of the network is to support the organisation in its journey um, there are things uh, around inclusion supporting staff professional and personal d- development um, this month um, next month next week sorry we have a our, uh, Black History Conference mm-hmm. so I've been busy planning that and we've got a few speakers coming from um, from within the UK we have a women in leadership panel we'll talk about the experiences of uh, people um, from a um, black ethnic background and their journey into leadership um, it, it's a it's quite an inspiring um, um, position to hold because you get to meet a, r- a range of people from all sorts of different um, walks of life and sometimes yes some of the stories aren't great some of the uh, but you know but you also get to see that some of the great things as well some of the wonderful things that are happening in the organization how much progress would you say has been made in in recent years or in in the time that you've been having your own view of the situation um i would say in this organization we've been on a bit of a journey and i think since we got our new chief executive in the last year we've seen a fundamental um shift in energy and i think the direction's improved 
quite quite a lot. There's still a lot of work to do within the organisation, but we've seen a lot more impetus about it, mm-hmm. and a lot more engagement. Um, I know the organisation's currently just developing its um, inclusion strategy, um, and we've had a lot of input into, you know, giving comments about it and um, joining workshops. And so, we, as a network, we've had that opportunity to influence uh, how the inclusion strategy is sort of developed, which is really important for us. Um, as well as the other networks that work within the organisation, um, I still think we've got some way to go yet. Um, you know that you know the, the organisation has to look outward and think about how it deals with things such as health inequalities. Um, you know the different outcomes for different patients from different backgrounds. So we've got we've got some we've got some challenges, but I think that the the, the drive of the organisation is is definitely in the right direction. That's good to hear. Um, okay, now you're you're here and you've shared uh, quite a bit about you, which mm-hmm. is great, and in your role. You're also here um, as a castaway on uh, uh, our Desert Island uh, for Readers, Desert Island Books, uh, in um, collaboration with uh, NUH Library Services and uh, our dear friend uh, Maria Brown. Um, so are you much of a reader, generally? When I get the time, I if I get stuck into a book, then it's very hard for me to put it down. Um, I think um, I read a lot more before I had children, and now I have almost I have to read a lot for work. Um, so I tend to sometimes go back to books that I've read before, almost like comfort comfort blankets. Yeah. I, I really find them really. Um, yeah, quite settling. And then, um, yeah, I, I do. I do love to read. So you know, I, I, maybe on a Sunday afternoon, I might take take myself off and you know read for a couple of hours. Um, I, I, I tend to maybe go over a chapter again and again until I feel like I've really it's really sunk in with me. Um, but yeah, so, yeah. So occasionally, yes, I do. I do. Yeah. So you're on this desert island, mm. and you're allowed five books that you know and love. And one extra book, which we'll obviously come to a bit later. But in terms of uh, your book number one, uh, can you tell us what that is and uh, who it's by and something about it? Um, it's uh, Women of Brewster Place and it, um, it's by Gloria Nalia. Um, the reason I chose it was um, I actually came across this book. It was um, I was quite young and I found it in the library and it was just in one of those little bin books. Um, things that you find and it was I think it was on sale so I just bought it I thought oh that looks interesting um, and I discovered this world of Brewster Place where all the, the you know these particular characters lived and they all had different challenges in life um, I, I was brought up um, particularly by women so I had a strong lots of women around me growing up as a, mm. you know so I identified with with the book really well I, you know the characters had a lot of depth and they had to come, you know, overcome some really challenging, uh, you know, things within their lives. And I think for me, it resonated. Um, it resonated really well. But it also, for me as a person, it, it's one of those books that I think helped me to see the world as, and helped me to be more inclusive and more accepting of others mm. um, because of the different characters in the book. And, and reading it at, at that age, I think I was open I'm willing to be open to that sort of, you know, that, that, that way of thinking. Right, so that's your book number one then, The Women of uh, Brewster Place by uh, Gloria Naylor. Thanks for that one. And uh, that takes us to the next choice, the number two. What's that? 
So the, the next choice was uh, The Colour Purple by Les Walker, and it's a story of um, of Celie, basically. And, they, and she um, she's married off at a very early age um, in um, the southern states of America, and it's her journey into adulthood and into basically becoming herself as a person mm-hmm. and, and the, into sort of woven characters along the way, people that you wouldn't expect to be um, significant or, or to have much depth. Um, there's a character called Sugar Avery in the, in the book who it basically helps Celie to find, her, find herself. Um, and I love the way that it's written. It's written as a, a series of letters, um, and the way that Alice Walker sort of describes it, um, and it, you know the settings and the feelings in the books that you you feel that you're there. Mm. Um, so I read the book first, and then I saw the film, and I absolutely loved both of them for very different reasons. Um, and I know that they're making another film, um, which is due to be released, I think it's this year or next year, early next year. So I'm really eager to see what they do with the story. So it's just an updated remake? It, yeah, because right, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of those, it, the film itself, I would have said it, it should have won the Nobel, I mean, an Academy Award. It was very, it was such a powerful um, you know, um, film. And, and the book, you know, it's about women becoming almost emancipated from you know from misogyny basically from from these ideas about how women should have been and how they should have acted mm-hmm. um and you know again i guess it informed my my outlook um as as a person and i it's one of those books that helped me to think about me as a person when i was working as a psychotherapist i worked with all sorts of different people from all sorts of backgrounds um and obviously I worked with lots of women um, with lots of different stories so I think again it helps me to tune in as a person so that's The Colour Purple by Alice Walker that's uh, Richard's uh, second choice for The Desert Island and we move to number three then what what can you tell us about this so um, I Know Why a Cage Bird Sings by Maya Angelou. I'm a really big fan of Maya Angelou. I love her poetry um, and um, I love her, you know, she's sadly passed, but I, I loved her outlook on life, the wisdom that she shared. I've got lots of, I've got all sorts of things by Maya Angelou, cookery books, all sorts of things that she's done. Um, and this is great a, poet. As yeah, well. great, an absolute great poet. And one of the few poets who I can actually remember her poetry, yeah. um, which is really good. Um, but it, it's, it, you know, it, it, it's almost autobiographical, this book, in, in, in the fact that it's about, you know, a young girl's experiences as she's growing up. And it is traumatic, uh, a lot of the um, experiences that, that the young girl has within the book and around racism, um, you know, there were lots of things that happened to her that were awful. But but the but the but the idea around the book around her escaping that cage and and finding her way into the world and that's very pretty much what Maya Angelou did mm. um, and very inspirational. It's one of those books that you read um, and I've actually used it in my work um, as a, as a therapist over the years um, for some people who I felt would benefit from you know needing that sort of anchor that inspiration. Yeah. Um, just a, a, a slight tangent, I suppose, but um, related theme. Um, 
the US at the moment, mm. there's, there's so much stuff that's happening and people talk about uh, the removal of books in certain states. Mm. Uh, I know that's been a, a, a very hot topic in, in, uh, in the last couple of years, really. And uh, you know, uh, Maya Angelou, I know that some of her books and, uh, have been taken away and there's this whole uh, idea of, of denialism in, in certain quarters. Um, have you been following all that? Well, you know, the U.S. is an interesting place, isn't it? It's, um, it's, uh, uh, and you can see almost we're not there, but we we seem to be following the U.S. model in some respects, which is quite worrying. Um, you know, it's quite a divided country, um, very stark divisions. You know, you you go to certain states in the U.S. and uh, and you visibly feel very different sort of culture and 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 it. You know that's really saddening, and then you know there are places such as New York and places like that, and LA where they're you know where they're more, more progressive. But you, when you reflect on that, you can see some of the some of the impact on our own society and the, mm. the way that people are starting to think here. Um, and this is almost this divisive, you know, you know the comments about being woke. Uh, you know, what's wrong with being nice to somebody? Yeah, it's a tag, isn't it? Yeah, it's a tag, yeah. It's associated yeah. by some people as mm. as having some negative con- connotations, but when you break it down, it just means being aware yeah. and, and uh, yeah, awakened aware, yeah. to the realities. Yeah, to, and, and to other people, and that, that's all. Um, so, yeah, um, I have been following it. I'm, I'm quite, I, I do like US politics. I always find it um, very interesting. About, <laughs> it's it's very much a theatre at the it moment in, in, in the US. Very um, performative, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So that is I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings by Maya Angelou. That's uh, Richard's third choice. And uh, how about number four? So this is just purely um, funny. Um, and I read this book on holiday um, many years ago. Um, again, a book I wouldn't really have picked up, but um, it's just, it's called Cellavision and it's by Augustine Burroughs. And it's about basically the world of, it's a, it's a, it's a television channel and they're selling stuff, but it's the characters behind it. Um, absolutely hilarious. Um, just pure pleasure to 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 read. Um, and one of those books that you start reading it and you can't put it down because you're just wondering what the characters are going to do do next. Um, and it, it, it kind of I'm trying to think of something that that, that, that it would. You, that you'd, you'd look at and think I mean there's been lots of versions on TV of it almost you can see it. I've seen versions of it on TV but nothing done as well as this uh, with the characters and the depth of the characters um, uh, humour with complexity which was which is you know something that's hard to get sometimes from some books um, so yeah I'd highly recommend the book if you just want to giggle do you think it would work mm-hmm. as, a, as a TV programme or as a film I think it would yeah um, I think they've done versions of it but not not this particular one there is there is one I can't remember the name of it it is like a series and, and it is about a home shopping channel right. but it, it's not as flamboyant or as um, uh, you know as this one um, and I think this one's it, it, it does it draws out all of the sort of different ironies about human nature um, and that, that drive for consumerism. And it was 
based in the early 90s right. so it's uh, you know if you if you look then and you look now you can still you can see the seeds of how complex societies become about consuming things yeah. um so yeah it, yeah it's definitely it even makes me smile now when i think about it and but, what about humor generally are you someone who who likes to to watch funny stuff or listen to funny stuff are you uh, were you funny at school or did you, did you engage with humor much i was quite shy at school um, I was a bit more of a, you know, I'd like to have a serious conversation <laughs> rather than, but as I've gotten older, I think having kids makes you a bit more humorous and you, you, you've <laughs> yeah. got to have a bit of a sense of humor. Some things, you know, you just have to laugh at. So I think I've, I've, I've developed a really good sense of humor. Um, I used to watch a lot of Eddie Murphy movies when I was a kid and mm. loved his sense of humor. Um, and, and those sort of, um, sort of black comedies I used to love those sort of um, um, black comedies as well so um, yeah I, d I did I did enjoy a lot of um, Richard Pryor and you know stand-up comedians a bit raucous some of the stuff they used to edgy say times, very yeah. edgy um, but hilarious and and um, and sometimes you know taking you know taking a a view of our own communities you know community I come from um, and, and actually having a bit of a sense of humor about it as well and I think that's really important um, to be yeah, able to do that I suppose it, it uh, reminds me a bit of uh, the goodness gracious me you know, yeah with the uh, in you know British yeah. Asian community that sort of ownership of being able to mm. satirize your own community yeah so it, I, I think with humor and then you get you get humor and, and then you can get offense mm. of, of things and I think it usually depends on on intent intention it direction. does yeah um, and what people are trying to say with what they're saying. So you can say the same thing in, in two different ways, I think. Yeah, and, and, and it's interesting because, you, you, you know, some of the things they'd say, you know, there was one with Eddie Murphy and he talked about his mum and um, he wanted to go to McDonald's and his mum said, no, I, I won't make, you don't need McDonald's, I will make you a burger. And, and she made him a burger with two slices of bread and a bit of meat patty and cooked meat patty in the middle. And I had the same experience. <laughs> and so it just made me laugh because it was like, you know, you could see a lot of his jokes were like, oh, that happened to me. You know, my mother was so like relatability. That. Yeah, very relatable. So, yeah, so that's Cellavision, mm -hmm. um, like the title as well, by Augustine Burroughs uh, as book number four. And uh, so number five, what have we got? So we've got Dune by Frank Herbert. Um, I would say that I'm a person that doesn't like lots of complex names in books. This book does have them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, in, in a way, Dune could be anywhere because it, it's all around human interaction and power dynamics and the relationship and the journey and, 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 and elements of, of faith and religion and how that interconnects with with um, with power basically mm. um, and civilization and I think um, for me it's a bit of a journey and the way that um, he crafts the the scenery you, you're almost like you're in you're in the book you feel like you're just in this world um, and I know they've made two two different films about it. The, the last one's just, uh, I think the second element of it's just coming out and they've done it really well. Um, but it doesn't beat the book. The book in itself is, I don't think, you you, you know, it, it just takes you on a journey of almost getting lost in, in, in the world of imagination. And I love that bit about sci-fi because I'm, sci I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to sci-fi. Anything sci-fi, I will 
know, if it if I go to watch anything on TV, it's sci-fi. It has to be sci-fi generally. Um, yeah. So I like to get lost in, in in another world. But this is almost a bit of both. Um, you could be in a you know in in a in a court in 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 France, uh, or you know or or in, or in the Russian Prussian sort of courts, or you know so. Th- the complex sort of royal families and the, and the challenges and, and, and you know and the power struggles so and they're all going on now aren't they really one way or another this is it I was going to say yeah. that it's 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 a very futuristic mm. book when it was written in mm. the 60s yeah uh, by Frank Herbert and uh, yeah I think there's a there's a lot of things a lot of parallels mm. that you can draw mm. from uh, modern political conflict yeah. and personal conflict yeah. and the you know the global warming mm. you know that's obviously one of the principal things about this this planet june as well but well, you were talking about yeah. some of the names that, uh, uh, yeah I love, I love you know things like the quizats hadarak yes these are like just so weird and, and, and but they become part of your they vocabulary do. yeah and it's, it's yeah and uh, when you first read them you think what what does this mean and then all of a sudden it just becomes normal to be able to say that yes. Quizats Hadarak. you know i haven't read the book but mm. i have got the audio book mm. and I've, I've listened to quite a bit of that and i love it i love it uh to be honest and i'm looking forward to the second film i think they're a little bit delayed release on that but uh, mm. uh, that's great sorry I interrupted you you were going to add something no I was just thinking about you know when you're talking about because um, for me it, it, it sort of made me start thinking about indigenous people and their experiences um, you know you know, um, you know within South America or within Australia um, and, it, and it, it it kind of draws that out but not in a threatening way in a way for you to learn and think about things differently and I think that's a lot you know not just Frank Herbert but a lot of writers I think in science fiction they often there's often layers of different meanings in some of the way they write or 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 some of the characteristics in the in in the different shows like Star Trek or Star Wars there's different layers and different and and, you know and if you if you just want pure just fantasy you can watch it from that perspective but if you want some meaning you can draw quite a bit of meaning from a lot of these from a lot from this genre absolutely um you were mentioning other science fiction stuff you mentioned Star Wars and and Star Trek were those two things that you you oh definitely yeah? yeah do you have a yeah. preference because some people are one or the other you know I, that I, I I would say I would be I think it's hard to choose but I think Star Trek would be my my, my preference and any was it like were you an original series person I, yeah I, I remember I, I didn't watch the original series obviously when it first when it came, came out, out yeah, but I, I, I watched the repeats of it and that introduced me and I you know there were there were the, you know some of the some of the um, storylines in it were so um, so far in advance. Gene Roddenberry wrote oh, absolutely. some absolutely amazing. Um, Definitely. And one of the ones that really stuck me was that it was one of the first interracial kisses yes. that ever happened was on Star Trek. Michelle Nichols. Yeah, yeah, yeah Michelle um, Nichols and um, William Shatner. Yeah. And the you know they were saying they were putting push pressure on them, saying particularly William Shatner was, and they were saying to him, "Oh no, you can't do this," and he said, "No, we're going to do it." Mm. Um, and I think. You know that for me as a young young man watching that was oh my god this is this oh okay this is okay this is yeah. you know um, and the, you know and the, and the stories about there was one story about um, where William Shatner goes back in time and he, he's aware that this person's going to die and what does he do what how does he have to make these decisions about whether city on the edge of forever yes, oh absolutely yes yes oh, amazing yeah absolutely amazing and yeah. so for me I think it was a bit of a narrative for me growing up into an adult it actually helped me to think again to be an open sort of inclusive person 
Um, and you know they call they used to call Star Trek um, social workers in space, but uh, and, and there is some reasoning behind it because it is you know it's one of those things about people coming together and 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 working together and and being different and acknowledging that difference and being allowed to be different and trying to look for yeah. compromise. Yeah, yeah, you know, finding that. common ground yeah. um, for the, you know for the greater good. Um, so yes, um, yeah, very much a Star Trek. Film. Yeah, I, I love Star Wars as well. Oh, and, and ironically, Star mm. Wars. Um, when you're talking about Dune, mm. I think there's a lot of it's drawn a lot from it has. Dune. Really. Yes, it has. Um, having started, you know, the audio book of Dune, but uh, but great stuff. Yeah, we should get some popcorn, sit yeah. down, and watch some more <laughs> Star Trek episodes together. Mm. Thanks. So that's your your fifth choice, Dune mm. by Frank Herbert. Um, brilliant and now we've given you uh, an extra choice of a mm. book you haven't yet read now uh, what's that going to be um if beale street could talk by james baldwin and the reason i've chosen that is because james baldwin is someone that i just haven't read much about but every time i've ever seen james baldwin speak i'm captivated by the way he speaks at the time when he was very, you know, he, you know, he's an activist. He was an activist. He was, he was gay. Mm. Um, you know, he was very, very exposed. Um, but he spoke so eloquently and, and challenged oppression in a way that I think, you know, if I could, if I could even take a little moment of what he does did at that time, I'd be happy. Um, so yeah, he's someone that I really want to to know more about. Um, and understand more about uh, as a person, and I think um, so. I chose I chose him, uh, um, yeah, because I think if I was on a desert island, he'd be someone that would help me to reflect, um, and the power and the gravity of you know I- even the way that he you know he was in a uh, there's some old clips. Uh, yeah, I was going to bring mm. up this. There's a, mm. a legendary debate he had with someone called William F. Buckley, who was uh, one of the the most iconic sort of conservative writers mm. of the time. And they had a, this debate at the Oxford Union. Uh, but you know, check that out. Anyone who's interested in in that subject and, and the sort of racial tensions of the time, 1960s America, and it was before some of the uh, civil rights went things mm. went through as well. So uh, James Baldwin. So have, have you? read any of his stuff no i haven't um and uh, interesting enough i kind of put him along the side same sort of side as sort of Maya angelo that sort of inspirational person mm. um and one of the things because he reminds me of um, audrey lord who talks about there's no hierarchy of oppression mm. um and and that's the theme from him as well that comes up which isn't there isn't a hierarchy of oppression you press one type of person you press everybody yeah, so it's about us, you know, acting more collaboratively and 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 thinking about us as a community, mm. which is problematic at the moment because society seems to be more and more divided. Um, with, it does. Um, one point, you know, one, and I think that's why I like the global health work that I do because mm. it is about community. It's about thinking. You know, if we think about COVID, it didn't stop at borders. No. Um, you know, so if we if we supporting health systems and the hospitals in you know in you know lower income countries then we're supporting ourselves because we're improving healthcare globally which means that that will have a knock on effect for us here in the UK when yeah. it comes to um, communicable diseases and there's a lot of talk of race but you know it's the human race yes. isn't it yeah. and, and yeah. Uh, sometimes people forget well, yeah that. you know the thing with the sci-fi thing is that we often 
you know, if if an alien culture came here, they wouldn't see us as different no, and no, different no, no, races. No. They'd just see us as one, you yeah. know, one species, yeah. um, and and that's how they would view us. So, um, and not to say that we don't all have unique characteristics, but and we can share those characteristics with each other and and enjoy them and celebrate them. Um, and you know, the, the point of you know, being a good human being is to enable others to live a healthy and fulfilling life really yeah we have to uh, we have to try and be optimistic about mm. things even in, in the toughest of times but yeah uh, fascinating selection really appreciate that that uh, that's your extra take onto the island then which is uh, if beale street could talk by james baldwin thanks so much richard for joining us thank you very much Great for having to speak me with you it's been a pleasure and uh, yeah come and f- come and find us again sometime and uh, spread the word about nhra uh, great to have you thank you Desert Island Books on NHR in association with NUH Library Services.